Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, a superfan's guide to the latest in Marvel, Star Wars, and other nerd entertainment. Joining me on today's episode is our fellow co-host of The Stinger, Trent Neely. Trent, how are we doing? Uh, it's it's a beautiful day. We're going to talk about a great series today. Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. Okay. And with some, some, some knowledgeable experts about the, the series. So it, it's always a fun day. Um, it, I'm excited. It's a beautiful day. Uh, we have that knowledgeable expert on the line, Mr. Joseph Sneed. He's been, he's, you know, he's been practicing the arts of becoming a, you know, a season force ghost user uh, for, for quite some time now. He's, he's, uh, he's in tune with the force. Joseph, how you doing? Hello there. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a good time. Yesterday was a, a fun time of watching, uh, obi-wan kenobi and then watching the fight like 10 times (laughs) it it was quite a day i woke up early to watch it in the morning i i assume you did too joseph because we were texting like very early about it i watched it at seven o'clock i went yeah that's about when i watched it i went to work and uh sat in the conference room with one of my co-workers and we watched it and then we went to work that that sounds amazing Also, how do you transition to go straight into work after that? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I could. It's a little rough. You bust open your little cup of Activia yogurt. You try and calm down a little bit. (laughs) I don't drink coffee, so I don't really get jacked up in the morning. So we we were good. That's amazing. Nothing nothing soothes the soul like Activia yogurt. (laughs) Well, it's kind of it's kind of disgusting. I like the Great Value yogurt a lot more. Okay. Man, here here I thought everyone was coming to this podcast for Star Wars Inside, but instead, like, we got some grocery advice. Yes, get that hey, yogurt go, pod. Go for great value. It's cheaper. A lot of times it's better. You know, you get some of that great value. Sandwich cheese, lunch meat. We're good. Bread. You get a loaf of bread for like 90 cents. It's awesome. This is great. On on next week's episode, Joseph will be back to give uh, other ways you can you know make the most out of your budget. You know, groceries well, aren't the next, only <laughs> the only area. You, you may not want to be talking to me about budget next week after I've been in Disney World for five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that I was actually just talking to someone about that this week. Like, if I was going to spend money anywhere, it would be in Disney world where I could just buy all the lightsabers and Marvel yeah. stuff that I, my, that I, I could got, own, I got so. two things on that real quick and then we can keep moving. Uh, my dad asked me last night, he said, so do you have a budget set? And I was like, Nope. He says, is this your last hurrah before you move out? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And he said, okay. And then my boss always says, nobody can take your money faster than Walt Disney. <laughs> it's true. I mean, listen, they're they're on top for a reason they they know how to sell that merch they know how to sell that merch mickey Um, mouse got some deep pockets (laughs) yes mr mouse is very wealthy uh guys we are we are so thankful you all are here to listen to us discuss the last three episodes of obi-wan kenobi it's been a been a while since we talked the last time episode three had just came out and there's been just busy summer lives and our busy summer schedules have kept us from getting 
up to talk about it till now. But no better time than to just go ahead and recap the whole thing. So thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rate and review. And without further ado, we're going to give you our thoughts on Kenobi uh, parts four through six. So as always, let's gather our thoughts and opinions. Let's slip on our Jedi robes and enter the council chamber to discuss one more time. Obi-Wan Kenobi parts four through six. And so, guys. We have not talked a lot about our individual opinions and thoughts of the show. So this is honestly like this is all coming out into broad daylight for the first time here on the podcast. You should feel very honored as a listener. Um, What did you like or not like about the series as a whole now that we have seen all six episodes of the series? Uh yeah, I'll go, I'll go ahead and get us started here. Um, let's start with the positives. That's always more fun. Um, <laughs> I I think Ewan McGregor. I mean, I I talked about this the last time we were on. Um, he was sort of the thing that even people who hated the prequel movies they liked his performance. So so people have sort of always liked Ewan, but I think he really tapped into something special here, where he recaptured the the essence of the Kenobi we knew from the prequels, but but gave him that sort of that sense of loss and desperation and sort of hopelessness, honestly, um, 10 years after revenge of the Sith really well. And I was really impressed with his work. Um, Hayden Christensen and then the other, um, people doing the Darth Vader performance, I thought were great. I was super nervous about how Darth Vader was going to be used. Um, and really the entire cast is great. Um, shout out also, um, we talked, I think a little bit about John Williams theme for Obi-Wan last time, but Natalie Holt of Loki fame did a great job with the, uh, the score throughout this whole thing. I thought, um, yeah, I really liked everything about this show. It was, it was much less action driven than I thought. And I understand for some people how you could be reductive and look at the show and be like, not a lot happened story wise. And I can understand the argument, but for me, I thought it was such a great way to do this 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 story of sort of obi-wan regaining his faith in in hope itself like sort of a new hope is about luke and leia entering this journey and you know obi-wan sort of is hopeful about luke and leia once they're on the death star but it's like he had to regain his hope first here in this series and i thought that was super moving honestly um i really thought everything was super well done the only thing i didn't like um I, I the the sort of sleeper cell resistance plot thread of like the people trying to get smuggled out was probably the least compelling thing looking back mm. at all six parts of this. But that's a very minor nitpick, and I could totally see them laying the foundation for future seasons of Kenobi mainly or other spinoff shows with that. So that's not a huge knock against the show. Just the weak link in the chain for me. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> uh, the character work was great. The acting... Uh, I liked the story of the catalyst being uh, Leia and then Luke kind of coming in at the end. Uh, I thought Darth Vader was perfect in the series. Uh, He was still terrifying and they build him up. So they build him up so much that when Obi-Wan actually defeats him, you're like, holy smokes, Obi-Wan is powerful again. Um, I think we have our first disagreement, Trent. (laughs) <laughs> I did not think the music was that great. Uh, no, the Obi Wan, the Obi Wan okay. the Kenobi theme, I liked. Uh, the the softer theme that plays a lot of times when Obi Wan is walking around, 
but I wish they had used Princess Leia's theme more than, you know, the one scene. I wish they had used the Imperial March more when Darth Vader was around. Um, some of the prequel battle music, I think, would have been good with a new twist on it. So, yeah, I, I don't think the music was, was great. I think another thing was the show had some pacing issues for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think they could have done it in maybe four episodes that were like an hour long each. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll get to Waterworld episode, but I was kind of like, okay, this is fallen order. So Waterworld, <laughs> you know, I've seen it before. Uh, so Waterworld was a little, oh, if he, I mean, I still liked it. I like seeing Obi-Wan doing some Jedi stuff, but I was like, okay, they, they just needed a way to get a tracker on a droid. And so they said, oh, let's capture Leia again. And then let's go rescue Leia again. So I think there was a little bit of repetitive nature in some of it. Um, overall, though, I, I really liked it. I loved the the final battle scene. Um, I liked how Aunt Beru is like a special forces officer on Tatooine. Just <laughs> hiding. Because, you know, Uncle Owen's like, we need to leave. We need to go get some help. And she's like, I ain't leaving. Get the guns out. We're going to light this lady up. And then they do. <laughs> and then probably my favorite part of the Aunt Beru sequence was uh, Reva walks into the room and Aunt Beru just smacks her across the face. <laughs> just like it's so her. like intense. Yeah. So, so I liked what I liked what the very last episode did for Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru of like, hey, these guys, you know, they actually really do love Luke. Like he's their kid. I wonder why Luke never talks about him again. Um, yeah, overall, I, I like the series. Just had some problems with the pacing. I, the music was probably fine, but I don't think it lived up to the Star Wars pedigree of uh, of music. Yeah, so I I appreciate I appreciate all the thoughts. I'm in agreement with with most everything. Me, Joseph, you and I texted earlier, like Amberu. We we don't understand how her and Uncle Owen died at the hands of stormtroopers. That, that I don't I don't understand how they died at the hands of stormtroopers when she was giving Reva the work in that in that that's that's all I got that's all we got to say right like I don't know. Um, Amber was like pimp stepping out to get to Luke after that. <laughs> she was like, "You ain't going to take yeah, she, my kid." She was she was a boss, and, and Owen didn't want to fight. Ambrew was like, no, we're staying and we're holding it down and we're going like we're going to win this. We're going to see this through. I was like, OK, my favorite thing Honestly, about that, they need to hurt the rebellion. My favorite thing about that, too, was like when Ambrew was getting the guns, like Owen seemed surprised, like he didn't know there were guns in there. He was like, what are you doing? And she's just like <laughs> handing him rifles like. Yep. So I like to imagine in my own fan fiction that she like got rifles on her own and she's just like, in case something happens and Owen tries to say we're going to run and camp in the desert, like, nah, we're, we're going to use these. Like, yeah. She's probably, yeah. Got guns. she's probably got guns hidden everywhere. She pulled them out of that little thing. There's probably a gun under the kitchen table, behind the moisture evaporators, under the bed. You know, she's just got them strategically placed everywhere. I, I guess so. I, I'm starting to believe that. As for as for my thoughts on the entire show, I will I will first say that one I really enjoyed this show and I think I think that 
Obi-Wan Kenobi gave us some of the greatest moments in Star Wars history. Like I like truly I truly it it most of the time only added value to what is already there in canon. I do think that my expectations for this were like extraordinarily high, probably too high. And I think at the end of the day, like I think this is a very good show. I I was expecting it to be like the greatest of all time in Star Wars media. And I think that's probably unfair to to put on it. I think it's a very good show. I think everything with Obi-Wan and Anakin was phenomenally done. Like incredible and honestly, that's the that's what I feel like as fans we wanted to see the most of was kind of what happened in that 30 year gap where we get from you were my brother Anakin and I sliced your limbs off to you know they're on the Death Star and 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 duking it out like there needs to be something filled in the gaps there and I feel like the show really executed that well Leia fantastic unbelievable that they were able to pull child Leia in this and make it all believable and work um I think by the end of the show my biggest problem was it's a little a little similar to what you were saying joseph of how like they could have packed this down into four episodes uh i didn't fully i didn't i did not understand reva's character all that well by the end of the show i thought i was and i think by the time we got to the end uh some i had more questions than 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 answers and i think that could have been either fleshed out more in six episodes or just not really explored that much in a four episode setting. Uh, Instead, we kind of like got in the got left in the middle where I, I just, I just didn't agree with all the choices they, they decided to do for her by that, by the time we got to the end. Yeah. I think Reva should have died, especially since uh, stab, Stabbing in the chest is no longer fatal in Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we we got a lot to explore there. I would have I would have believed it. I would have been cool with it if it was just Grand Inquisitor coming back. Like, oh yeah, whatever. And then Reva was like running around tattooing with a gaping hole in her chest, and yeah, the Reva stuff was kind of fell flat for me a little bit at the end too. Yeah, I I I th- like I think I liked it more than you two. Like, cause I understand. I think I understood what they were trying to do, and I like mm-hmm. it. I like it symbolically for what it means for like. She's a weird foil to both Obi Wan and Anakin. Is what I think they're trying to do in the series. Like, like, do you want me to get into this now, or do you want me to wait? I say go for it. Okay, so like, I I get what they're trying to do is like, cause Obi Wan like Order sixty six happens and he just goes to being a hermit and then you know finally at the end of the series he gets his mojo back. Mm-hmm. Anakin sort of goes to the dark side and like you know it takes all the way to Return of the Jedi to get him back. Reva is this interesting mix where it's like Order sixty six happens and she gets super ticked off and like rageful dark side trying to get rid of Vader and do something about it. And then by the end of the series, she's learned to, like, let go of the dark side and not let it swallow her whole, like, Vader. So she's sort of, like, this weird thematic mix of the two of them. Interesting. And I like that on paper. I agree that either with the six episodes, they should have paced it out differently or, yeah, or given the show more episodes to maybe flesh that out more. 
And it feels like with the very end that they're maybe teeing up her being involved in season two of Kenobi or some different property of right. some kind. Yeah. Yeah. I that's an interesting I I had not I had not thought of it that way, Trent, but that's so interesting that she could be like a mix of both of their both of their just personas throughout this time this time gap in Star Wars. That's that's interesting. That does honestly make me think of of her character a little different. Um I feel like let's let's so so what I wanted to do for our episode today, because obviously we've got a lot to unpack, uh is that we could kinda there's three episodes we wanted to cover, parts four through six. And we just talked about generally how we felt about the series, but let's let's go kind of episode by episode and talk about what what we felt like worked in each individual episode, some of our favorite moments, things that you know we questioned, etc. How we felt about each, and then we'll come back and, and we'll wrap up with our our final thoughts on the series at at the end. So so with that, let's let's move to part four. Episode four of this series, uh, the it, it takes place right after we left off from our last podcast episode and talking about that that duel between Obi Wan and and Vader, uh, where <laughs> where Vader drags Obi Wan through the fire, and we pick up with Leia being captured and taken to Fortress Inquisitorius, which is also a mouthful. As I'm just saying it right now, like they. <laughs> They really decided to make that one difficult to say uh, on on Joseph's aforementioned planet uh, Waterworld, and this is basically a heist. This is basically a heist episode where Obi Wan links up with Tala, who is a part of the Path and an undercover agent for the uh, working for the Rebellion, undercover in the Empire, and they infiltrate Fortress Inquisitorius to rescue Leia. Uh, and they stumble upon some like a Jedi tomb on the way. What were y'all's thoughts of of part four? Because this one, this one was an episode that not everybody liked. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely my least favorite of the series. I understand why it's in there because because you can't you can jump from the Obi Wan we have in part three to the Obi Wan we have in part five. And like I know like that's kind of sounds dumb like literally, but it, but it is for me part four is a very important character episode for both him and Leia, where this is the episode where they commit to both each other and the idea of the rebellion. Like both of them are like, after this point, that's like, okay, we can't just be on like the sidelines of this anymore. Like we got to be in this fight. And for Obi-Wan, I feel like this episode was about reminding him too. It's like, Hey, this isn't just like your Padawan betrayed the Jedi order. And like people died in a nebulous fashion. Like he's forced to confront the corpses of all these people that like the empire has killed. And he's like, Oh, this is just going to keep going. Like I can't just wallow in my misery. So I understand why it's there. There was some cool visual moments. I really liked the scene where it's like all dark and you just see like the lightsaber ignite. And he like chops the one guy goes dark ignites chops the other guy. Like that's, that's some prime action lighting right there. But but yeah, yeah, overall, like if you told me which episode do you skip or which episode could have been meshed into another one, it, it's part four for sure. Yeah, I I did like to see when uh, when Darth Vader came in at the end of the episode and uh, oh was, yeah, like, losing it on Riva and he was like actually angry, like losing control Vader. I was like, this is what I wanted to see. But the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the the rebels. I was cool with them. Ice Cube Junior, you know, he was cool. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, Obi-Wan just kind of, he jumps into the back to tank and it's like, okay, I'm better. I'm a Jedi again. Um, and I mean, his, some of his Jedi stuff was, was cool, but you know, rest in peace, Wade, poor guy. Dang, R.I.P. Wade. Wade. Forgot. Pour one out for Wade. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's a weird episode that was kind of a left turn. There's also basically a copy of the climax of the Fallen Order game. Um, I mean, even including how they got in in the game, you you swim underneath and open the door. And uh, you kind of sneak around a little bit. You fight an Inquisitor. Obi-Wan's going to get Leia in the game. They're going to get a holocron. It's it's fine. Uh, And we did get to see a little bit of a hint toward Leia's more mind force powers. Yeah. When when Reva is uh, interrogating her and Leia's like, it's not going to work. You ain't getting nothing out of me. Um. But it felt like the episode served the purpose of get the tracker on the droid. Uh, and yes. they, worked, they worked backwards from that is what it felt like. Yeah, yeah that was clearly the main story function. Which is like, they were like, it feels like somewhere in the writing process, they're like, we need the Empire to be able to find this base. And they couldn't figure out a way to make them find the base. <laughs> like, honestly, you're right. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's just kind of the, I think that was the, I, I we're going to keep hitting on this, but I think this was the probably the sh- biggest shortcoming of the show was the story uh, being just being kind of underdone, undercooked a little bit, you know, uh, especially especially, you know, something I've been something I've been hearing from Star Wars fans and stuff as we as we look at Kenobi is like there's the George Lucas quote where he says Star Wars rhymes. Yeah. And this felt like the biggest rhyme in all of Star Wars, like Kenobi is going to rescue Princess Leia, uh, where there's a so many extended hallways in this fortress. Like, oh my gosh, it's like I swear every like every time a Jedi goes up against some stormtroopers or some see, very inferior opponents, it's going to be a long hallway. There's going to be a long hallway that they have to <laughs> they have to maneuver through, um, and then obviously the. Um, the fallen order rhyming as well. Like it's very, uh, I, I didn't play all the way through that game. Uh, mostly just because I'm not that much of a gamer, not because the game was bad. Cause everything I've heard is that game is incredible, but correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, isn't that exactly how Cal Kestis infiltrates, uh, fortress inquisitorious the same way Obi-Wan does. Yep. They, they both swim up to the door and, and come in <laughs> through the water and uh, and then when they're fighting, so spoilers for the game, but Darth Vader shows up at the end and absolutely wrecks Cal Kestis. And you know how Cal Kestis gets <laughs> out of the situation? He he breaks a window and floods the hallway. So oh, are you serious? Yeah, I didn't know the that same part. Thing too. Yeah. Yeah. So when oh, when the window God. cracked in the fortress, I was like, oh well. Here we go again. <laughs> and, I mean, to uh, be fair, that is like a very natural way for for them to like to solve that, where it's like they're surrounded. I get it, but it it do, it feels weird that like that that's like just the one like one of the ten similarities in the sequences. Yeah, and it's like 
It's like, hey, Calcestis invaded us five years ago. Maybe we should get better glass. True. Exactly. And, like, And a, a better security <laughs> system because, like, oh, how did you get past Imperial security? I hid behind a door so the probe droid couldn't see me. Or, <laughs> or there were stormtroopers walking down the hallway that if they had looked forward, they clearly could have seen me. <laughs> right. I'm going yeah. to go hide in this random place on the side of the hallway that serves no purpose other than to be weird and sneak <laughs> around. And I'm going to do the trick I did in episode four or the trick I'm going to do in episode four of like, Ooh, there's a sound over there. Stormtroopers. So he can get to the, the tractor <laughs> beam and shut it down. It, it, you know, I, I didn't hate it, but I, so we, we did our review on the first three. I was like, yeah, the show's good. I just need it to stick the landing. And we saw this episode and I was like, Oh no, are we going to skip the landing or are we going to stick the landing? I yeah. Was like, I was worried like, after this one too, Joseph. Yeah. Cause, cause it wasn't bad, but it was like, okay, we're going downhill now after, you know, the general uphill rise for each episode one to three. And then this one dropped. Um, I think this is where it started because it, you know, at, like I said, like, like you said, Joseph episodes one through three were so good. And like, I felt like each one, increasingly got better and then we hit number four and it was like it wasn't bad it just was like a filler episode yeah and i started like worse worse like fear of like oh my gosh are they about to do the mcu thing where like all of a sudden we don't have enough time to finish everything and stick the landing exactly and it were it, i it felt like this one felt like that luckily i don't think that's how it actually went but something else to to this episode that i thought so i i originally thought this was like a big reva episode uh and on top of it being a you know obviously a big kenobi episode and just his journey with the force um reva getting so much screen time with leia and you kind of seeing that like in the three episodes prior she comes across as a cold-blooded killer and in this episode you could kind of see a yeah, her her let the foot off the gas pedal a little bit because she's interrogating a child and in every other circumstance she would have harmed the person she was interrogating uh, and she couldn't do it with Leia and I think that's definitely informs what happens later in the in the series but like I think looking back on it now this episode is probably more important and and probably upon rewatch I might be like oh yeah th- wait this was doing this episode is a little bit better. I just think they could have given even more time to Reva and the in understanding who she is before the reveal that happens in episode five is revealed to us. Um, it's very it's it's hinted at, but it's not it's not shown as much as I think you know it would be as, as much as it probably needed to be. Um, but yeah, I thought I I, I feel like all in all, pretty pretty decent episode. But then parts five and six, guys. Mm, parts five and six. It got real. It got really real. So we open. We're, we'll we'll go ahead and move on to part five now, unless y'all have any other thoughts on on part four. No, I think I think we covered everything. Now let's go. I think so too. Uh yeah. Let's let's get to it because part five opens again. I'm like a little nervous. Like, all right, can they handle? Can they do this? And what do we see when the first in the first opening shot? Is that is that Coruscant I see? I be, I believe it is. 
and we return to a training montage between Obi-Wan and Anakin on Coruscant around the time of Attack of the Clones. Obviously, this scene is interspersed throughout the entire episode, but I want to I want to talk about just like what what were your thoughts when you initially when it initially opened up onto onto Coruscant like it did in this episode? My literal first thought, my literal first thought of my brain was like the braid and the mullet are back. Those are the first two things that like my brain <laughs> said to me. The braid and the mullet were back. Were all I could process. Um, and like, oh my gosh, like I I just gotta say, like I saw I saw a couple people, not a lot, but a couple people online that were like, man, like they looked old and the choreography was weird. And I'm like, well, a like they're 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 older. Like, sorry, right, that just, that just happened. And then like, if you want like a if you want an in-story explanation for why, like, the choreography is a little slower, they're, you know, it's a sparring session. Like, they're not actively trying to kill each other here, where unlike Revenge of the Sith, where they actually are. So it's like, just just leave it alone. Just let it happen. Like, it's okay. Um, but no, I, I, like, seeing beautiful Coruscant, you know, supposedly Contravaro was gonna, in his version of Episode Nine, bring us oh back to Coruscant. God. That's right. Um, didn't happen. Um, but I, I, I love seeing Coruscant again. It's just, it's just a big city. It's just like giant <laughs> New York with cars going everywhere. It, it's a fun time. You know, that feeling when you're outside in winter for a long time, you get really cold and then you come inside and get under the blanket, have the fireplace on and start watching Christmas movies. Just like a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Mm-hmm. That's what it mm-hmm. felt like to see Obi-Wan and Anakin again. <laughs> From from Attack of the Clones, and this is coming from a guy that's like, yeah, Attack of the Clones is kind of garbage, but I still kind of like it. But I'm like, this is this is so nice, just seeing them being pals. And it took me back to when I was like seven years old. And oh wait, no, I was yeah. five when Attack of the Clones came out. And I was like, this is great. I feel like a little kid seeing seeing my favorite Jedi again. And they're like, oh look, they're fighting. It's like what me and my friend used to do in the backyard when we were Jedi. You know. Is all nice and happy and comforting, and then you're like, "Oh crap!" Anakin turns into Darth Vader, but for now it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they were older, but I was like, "Ah, eh, whatever." Because when the original uh, season finale of season two of The Mandalorian came out, and Luke looked really off, you know, I was like, yeah. "Whatever, I don't care. This works for the story." If he looks a little weird, fine. We'll get over it because it works thematically and uh, story-wise. And for this one, I think it's the same. It's like, yeah, they looked a little weird, but it works. So maybe Anakin just it. hadn't. Maybe he just hadn't slept very well. You know, maybe he was having nightmares of his mom, <laughs> and he was like, "Man, I'm looking a little rough this morning, Obi Wan. I got to get my coffee. I got to get a bagel. You know, just give me a little while." And honestly, I'm glad they didn't do like because we've seen them in in my opinion kind of over rely a little bit on the the deep fake stuff in, in some recent projects. Like I'm glad they didn't do that with this. They could have they could have tried to de age both of these actors, but like nah, we don't need that. Just just I, I don't know what that would have done, you know. Like I th- it was perfectly fine the way it was. What I think they did was <clears throat> something like they did with uh Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel where you kind of smooth out the wrinkles a little bit, but it's still, uh-huh. it's still him doing it. So you're like, all right, this doesn't really look weird. I mean, and it's not how he looks, but 
Yeah. You know, it, it's fine. Cause I think the way they described it was, um, when they do that, they smooth out the wrinkles and take a little bit of, um, facial fat out of just, you know, that just comes with age and kind of skinny the faces up a little yeah. bit, but keep the features the same. I think they did that. Um, so, I mean, it looks fine to me. Yeah. No, I, they, they look great. When I first saw Coruscant though, I flipped out. Like I, I, this is actually the only episode I saw twice and I watched it originally with my brother cause we were visiting and he put it on and we saw, I saw Coruscant and it just immediately, no way they're here. Like we're back here. Cause honestly, like I was getting worried. We were, it, we were four episodes deep into a six episode season and we had not gotten a single flashback yet. Like I, that was to me the one of the highest priorities to me was to see you hired Hayden Christensen to act in this, in this show. And so far all we've seen of him was like, him in the back to tank or him off in the distance in like a weird haze like i wanted i wanted to see a flashback and so that to me this and i also feel like the the choice to play this throughout the episode as obi-wan and vader are both kind of trying to make decisions on how to approach the situation was just brilliant like They could have done. They could have done the Boba Fett thing and put, and, and put Obi Wan in the back to tank. That's what I thought we were getting in Episode Four. Me too. Uh, we didn't. This was this was a better choice. I'm so glad they did it this way. No, they did the the arrow method of like the flashback sort of relates to the main mission uh, thing that Arrow did for like the first four seasons. Uh huh. That's a great comparison. I hadn't thought of that. I thought of that instantly. I'm like, ah, oh, they're doing the arrow thing. Not even in a bad way. I was just like, ah, that's cool. I, I don't remember enough about arrow to remember that, but that's, I, I just love the, I just love the storytelling choice as a, as a whole, like we, we can get into the details after this, but how did you think this, this episode operated? Because like, I feel like it was a fan favorite, um, but it did so much character, character wise not even really story wise that much it did it did do some things story wise but like the the heart of this is is obi-wan and and anakin how how do you feel like this this episode accomplished telling their stories yeah i thought this did the the biggest win for me besides you know some of the the heck yeah action moments we'll get to in a minute um besides that i think the biggest thing for me was it it showed obi-wan finally becoming like a leader again i'm like ah this is clone wars mode general kenobi oh yeah back in action being like no 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 we gotta like we gotta like reinforce (laughs) this door we gotta get somebody to fix the electrical wires i love the no hesitation from my girl leia to be like give me a ladder like yes like i'm there um no i i I really liked this episode also uh co-written by andrew stanton who's done some of the best pixar films such as uh wally and finding nemo so what yeah he he oh i did not know that like the normal writing staff who i'm blanking on were were all the first four and then five and six andrew stanton has a co-writing credit on so interesting i wish he he had co-wrote episode four but honestly i was about to say let him write more yeah i mean if they bring him back for season two bring him on full time to the staff why don't we? Why don't we give him uh, instead of Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus? Why don't we give him Anakin Skywalker on Disney Plus? That's what I'm talking about. We can talk about that more later, but that's that's the energy I I've, I'm having as well. I yeah, felt this- I felt like I I felt like this episode was just probably my favorite. It was honestly probably my favorite. Also, 
I just gotta, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna do the the Luke Skywalker episode eight and you know brush my shoulder off a little bit. I don't know if y'all remember, but I kind of I kind of called the Reva plot twist in our last podcast mm-hmm. episode. I I literally have in my personal notes on my phone that I was making. I was like, way to go, Josh! Like I was like <laughs> I was like Josh called this like at the end of the first three, and I literally told Emily that today when I was talking to her on the phone, and she was like, wow, good on Josh! Like. <laughs> I was just in the mo- like truly I had not given all that much thought to it in the moment I was just like oh I wonder if that's what she's doing and lo and behold Reva was gunning after Vader the whole time um that so that that storytelling element was obviously a big a big part of this episode what did, what did y'all think of that reveal other than you know obviously just being proud of me. No, I'm joking. What did, what did you think of the reveal though? How did it help the story or, or hurt the story? No, I, I like, I was proud of you, Josh. That was a big part of it for me. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I, I really like what they did with, uh, Reva's arc overall. And I think like, cause we all were sort of saying like, in, there has to be something deeper with Reva. Otherwise that order 66 flashback makes no sense. We all sort of said that from the beginning. Um, so, so I was really happy the Order 66 thing wasn't just a narrative device to orient us in the time period. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think it creates an interesting dynamic where she and Kenobi aren't on the same side, but like they, they both in moments want the same thing of like we both want don't want Vader to succeed. So I thought that was a really cool thing for this episode where like she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to let you capture me but it's so you can kill him. Like, do you see how this works? Like <laughs> for each other's benefit here. Um, yeah. So I really liked how that worked, especially for this episode, for sure. Yeah. I, I liked the reveal. Really the Reva thing kind of went off the rails for me in part six, but for this one, I was cool with it. Um, I think Reva represents a uh, man literally too angry to die. Cause yeah. Darth Vader has stabbed her in the chest twice twice she still won't die so i mean i respect that i wish they had and this gets into episode six a little bit more i wish they had played up her dark side ambition more and not have it be a complete turnaround i think what i would have wanted more was for her to stay bad and Mm -hmm. be built up on vengeance against darth vader but also desiring to become the new apprentice. I think yes. that would have been a stronger arc than she gets sad with Luke. Um, but as far as episode five, I think it was good. Um, you know, Anakin is like, I guess chopping heads off of younglings. And then he's like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to mix it up on this one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So it's the remix. So it's the Reva mix. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I liked the reveal. I liked that when she pulled her lightsaber out on Darth Vader, it was not a fight. Uh, it was like, no, Darth Vader said, I knew this was coming. And guess what? You'll fight me. And I won't even use my lightsaber. Trent, another arrow thing is uh, you remember the fight with Rachel Ghoul in season yes. three when, when Oliver gets the swords and he's yes, like, you don't thing. have a weapon. And Rachel Ghoul says, I'll take your weapons from you when you're finished with them. That's basically what Vader did because he was like, oh man, that's like, yeah. 
oh, look, you have this spinning lightsaber. Psych, not anymore. And just to to yeah. kick some sand in your face, because I hate sand, and I'm going to make you hate it too. <clears throat> I'm going to give you half of your lightsaber back, fight you with your own lightsaber, take it back, pull your enemy back in here so he can say, guess what? I'm still alive. And then I'm going to stab you. Or no, he stabs her, and then the Grand Inquisitor walks in. And the Grand Inquisitor walking up and saying, hello, was hilarious. So good. In, in like I a love demented, it too. In like a demented type of way. But the Inquisitor's just like attitude in that whole scene was amazing. Yes. Um, the sass radiating from that man was just incredible. He, and and he doesn't even have to meet Obi-Wan to have the sass rolling off on him. No. <laughs> but, but getting back with the Reva reveal. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well done and a good way to motivate her wanting to rise through the ranks. Just kind of fell yep. apart for me at the end. I, I agree. Well, I I want to hit more on that for episode six, because yeah, I agree. It also fell apart for me there. I I agree with you, Trent. Like the like o- Obi Wan, I actually loved. It's so true to Obi Wan's character that he would. You actually said it as a joke earlier, Joseph. Ah, the negotiator, like that he would go up to the wall to negotiate with Riva, and that you know, kind of like the detective that he is, almost being able to piece it together in front of her. Um, when she was so sure that he would never, no one would really find out. Um. I the the Obi Wan side of it, of realizing, oh my gosh, like she was a youngling that was almost murdered by Anakin, and I can use that is to me is very Obi Wan is very true to his character, and mm-hmm. I love that honestly as much as you know it, as much as the Reva stuff of her having an an ulterior motive in all of this how true it rang for Obi-Wan's character, I think was, was just as important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obi-Wan's sneaky. I really enjoyed I mean, that. He's, he, he's going to he's like, you know, he said, Oh, I can use Reva. Just like leave her here. She's probably going to die, but he's, he's sneaky. He does that type of stuff. He's like, Oh, let's train Luke up so he can go kill his dad. Uh, exactly. and we're not going to tell him. And oh, I guess we'll have Leia ready to lead the rebellion. I mean, he's he's a sneaky little guy. He is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, we'll we'll get we'll get more into it in the next episode too. Obviously, part five left the lasting impression on us. In part of what you just talked about, Joseph, this was Vader's episode. All right, Va- Vader called ISO and was hidden was hidden threes. He was like Steph Curry this episode. You know, like I mean, he was all over Finals MVP. It w- it was crazy. So, not only does Vader stop an entire ship from leaving the station with the Force, he grabs an entire transport vehicle out of the sky with his bare hand using the Force, rips Ray it to who? shreds. But he then also does what Joseph was describing earlier, and literally like inviting Riva to to spar with him only to like humiliate her and stab her a second time. What how did y'all feel about, you know, this segment for for Vader at the end of this episode? I so I literally watched this episode alone and when he stopped that ship in midair, I laughed so hard. Like it was the most <laughs> delightful cackle. Like 
I was just like, yes, tear everything apart. Like, yeah. Um, and by the way, everybody who's like, how did he not see like the sh- the second ship on the ground? It's like, that's the point of the episode. Like Anakin's like so yeah. busy about like crushing anything in his immediate sight that he doesn't see the big thing. Although I like though that like, and I'm sort of more thinking about this now that he did sort of learn from Obi-Wan if you think about it, because Obi-Wan in the training session, like he loses his lightsaber and he just dodges and disarms Anakin. And that's what he does to Reva. Like he does learn to uh, not yeah. always have to rely on his blade. He's just like, I can... I can use the force. By the way, is is episode nine officially the the thing that made it canon? Like people using the force in lightsaber duels. Like, is that the one compliment we got to give episode nine? Because I'm pretty sure that's the first place I saw it was Ray and Kylo Ren's duel on the Death Star, and then well, like the I mean, show makes. If huh. we go to <clears throat> if we go to episode five, Darth Vader throws stuff at Luke during the fight. That's true. That's true. Um. And then, is, this, is 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 episode nine the first one where like people are like manipulating the blades? I guess midair is my question. Oh, that's what uh, you mean. You might be right. Yeah, I, that, I'd have to you know ask my Star Wars expert consultant Joseph Sneed. I, I'm not sure myself. I'm, I'm just I'm running, I'm I think running this... through the mental. I'm running through the mental filing cabinet. Uh, <laughs> the father in the mortis heart catches the lightsaber True. by the blade. Uh, I'll give credit where credit's due if if it is episode nine because it was sweet in here. Yeah, it was, I, and, I, and I and I like that fight in episode nine. I don't like narratively what happens in the story after that, but I like <laughs> that fight actually. Um, Me too. I don't so, like so, yeah. that there's I don't like that there's like no music in that fight. But neither do <laughs> I. I mean, all Star Wars fights need to have music attached. But oh, exactly. Yeah, I that Vader just completely dismantling her lightsaber and then giving her half of it to be like, come on, I'll give you a second chance. The funniest thing is he like grabs it out of her hand, kicks her away and then throws it back. Like he could have handed it back to her at like arm length distance, but he literally like kicks her back and then it's like now grab it off the dirt. Like it's crazy, man. And another thing to highlight what Vader did, we'll go back to episode nine when Ray is trying to pull that transport down. She is struggling to get it. <clears throat> yeah. And Vader Vader walks up and it's like it's like he walked up to the front counter and was like, give me a McDouble. <laughs> and he just like grabs it and he's not even really struggling to bring it down. He grabs it and then slowly lowers his hand and then it's like, okay, engine's off. And then he just like rips it open. And you know, we, we know what happened with Ray when she, you know, didn't kill Chewbacca in one of like the 500 death fake outs in episode nine. So I said, some, I said something nice about episode nine. Now I got to trash it. There you go. But uh, you see, that's progress. We're going to couples therapy. We're trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, we'll in get 20 there. years. Episode nine is going to be Joseph Sneed's favorite movie in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to go that far, <laughs> but you know, it, it, I think it pairs up too with, with uh, people saying like, oh, Disney says Ray's the chosen one. Like, no, 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 no. Ray can't touch Darth Vader. She can mess with <laughs> she can mess with Kylo Ren a little bit. And the Emperor, because of his dumbness of let me just keep shooting this lightning that's killing me. <laughs> uh, but no, Ray is not touching Darth Vader. I I agree with you on that one. And this is this is more like 
the handling of Vader all throughout the series was was truly perfect. I think I, I I don't think there was really ever a moment to doubt like oh like they this show is treating this enormous character with extremely great care and this was and this was the moment they really got to you know unleash Vader which was you know just just brilliant to see um one of the comments I've seen about Vader is Disney has never ever messed Vader up yeah I saw that too yeah every time they've done Vader it's been perfect Rogue One great Vader sequences and he was in two scenes uh the one with director Krennic and then the hallway scene Star Wars Rebels, incredible use of yep. Vader, very sparse, very uh, well-planned, and you have the emotional payoff with Ahsoka. Um, and then in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, great use of Vader. You know, it, I was kind of I was kind of sketchy about them bringing Vader back, and then the way they used him, and the, the way even that he fights Obi-Wan, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This is cool. They've never messed Vader up. No, never. That's very true. Okay, I feel like let's uh, let's wrap this all up with part six. Part six. So we leave episode six or episode five. We didn't talk about this, but Reva finds evidence to support that Luke Skywalker, Anakin's son, is on is on Tatooine. And there's a farmer named Owen, and she needs to find him and interrogate him. Uh, not interrogate him. Sorry. She has much worse plans than that. Uh, but episode six gives us a lot. Episode six gives us... It starts out with that. It starts out with her on Tatooine on the hunt for Owen and for Luke. It also gives us Kenobi leaving the path on the transport vehicle, leaving Leia to go solo onto some deserted planet where vader tracks him down and chases him down and we get the rematch that we have all been waiting for we get some pretty iconic imagery and some pretty iconic lines uh with kenobi and anakin at the end of the duel and then and then we get some pretty special stuff at the end which i'm not even going to say yet we're gonna we'll get there later but i want to start with let's get the let's get the stuff that maybe didn't work well out of the way first and then we're gonna celebrate all the good stuff so so the thing to me that really didn't land was was reva decides to go to tatooine to kill luke skywalker that felt like an extreme jump for me for her character to go from wanting to seek revenge on anakin to getting beat by darth vader to then does like literally seeking to kill a child. Uh what what did y'all think about the choice for for Reva's ambition in this episode to be to kill Luke? Yeah, I like I said, I like how her whole arc resolves, but th- this choice, I I agree, especially now that you're saying it the more yeah, like this choice does not advance any goals that she has at the start of the episode or at the end of part 5. Like it's all about Vader and being mad at Obi-Wan. I guess the argument could be made that like I guess she thinks by threatening Luke, she's going to draw Obi-Wan out, but I don't know what she's trying to do with Obi-Wan even at this point. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't love the, the, the just sudden need to murder Luke. It would make sense if for some reason 
she found out that Luke was Vader's son, but she doesn't seem to know that. Like, so right, right. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled. I admit, I yeah, that that doesn't quite work. Yeah, I think she was going for vengeance on Vader. Like, I think she did figure out that, uh, or she may have inferred. She pieced it together was, that that was his son. Yeah, just because of the message from Bail Organa, <clears throat> but I, I really think the most satisfying end for Reva, maybe not satisfying, but I think the best end for her would have been to be killed by Darth Vader. Yeah. Or not have her be a youngling. I think if they had taken away the youngling stuff and had her be so ambitious, wanting to be the Sith apprentice, I think they still could have written the show around it. And I think they wanted the show to have not a reconciliation, but maybe a peacemaking between Obi-Wan and Owen. So they could have Mm. the hello there moment, which was, you know, was was awesome. I think they were like, Oh, we need to get Owen and Obi-Wan together and be friendly. And it's like, you know, I think they could have found a different way to do it. Um, And then Reva is being, she's on this like murder mission. And if she'd caught up to Luke in the house, I think he would have been dead Luke Skywalker, but she saw him unconscious and was like, you know what? I'm not going to kill this kid, even though I'm a Sith Inquisitor that has probably done some bad stuff before. Um, and she was walking around with a big old stab wound and um, was getting the crap beat out of her bone below <laughs> in Aunt Beru. So yeah, Reva's character motivation really fell apart yeah. for me in this one. I'm glad I, she didn't. I'm glad she didn't randomly show up to help Obi Wan beat Vader because I would have been mad about that. Yeah, this that would have been the of, wrong choice. This one I'm more kind of indifferent on, but like, yeah, I wish it had ended differently. I, I really think the best thing for her would have been the tragic end of dying from Darth Vader and losing out on her ambition. But because she was a youngling, you can't really do that because that's kind of dark. So I think for her motivations, she shouldn't have been a youngling. I think she should have just been an ambitious dark sider. Um, I actually, I, it's for, for me, I think it's, I agree that I think the most satisfying end would have been just her dying at the hands of Vader and realizing that like, she couldn't do it, but I what I where I thought they were going with this was, listen, I, in episode five, it's not like she's out to get revenge on Kenobi, but she's also not thrilled with him either. To me, what I thought it what where I thought it was going was I thought that she was now gonna pit her revenge against Kenobi because you know Vader says it to her after he bests her and stabs her, and it was like. I'm not surprised uh, that, you know, it was wise of him to use you against me. And so, like, he confirms, like, as much as we love Obi-Wan as a character, he used Reva. Like, he straight up used her and was like, you you might die to the hands of, of Anakin Skywalker, but I don't care. Like, I'm getting out of here. And so, I felt like that was a moment for her to go try to kidnap Luke to draw out Kenobi to seek revenge on him. Uh, that's not the route they went. And I felt like that would have been a better choice in my opinion. 
I would have liked that a lot more because they could have done a throwback to, there was an old, uh, I think it was called Star Wars Infinities, but an old comic where, uh, where Darth Maul finds out about Luke and he shows up and him and Obi-Wan have a big fight in the desert, which Obi-Wan wins. Um, I think he like cuts Darth Maul's arm off or something and is going to spare him. And Uncle Owen shoots Darth Maul in the head and kills him. Oh and my gosh. Like, and is like, no, we're not letting this dude go. He came after the kid, which is where I thought they were going to go too. And, um, and then it didn't happen. So I was mad, but I was when, uh, when Obi-Wan was talking to Reva, I was like tensed up. I was like, there's about to be a blaster shot that hits her. Yeah. And then it never came. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're getting the <laughs> well, what's TV happening show. here. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get the Reva TV show or she'll magically join the rebellion or something, which I would hate. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. And maybe Reva, <clears throat> something interesting might be Reva showing up in like a Soka or something as a, as another force user, but, I'm having trouble seeing the point of the character after this one. Cause she just a general inquisitor probably would have gotten the same job done or they should have been the, the uh, old wounds adaptation. That was what the comic was. The, the infinity comic was, uh, it was called old wounds, uh, which Obi-Wan references in the uh, rebels fight with Darth Maul. Uh, He references the name of that. But interesting, you know, it was a minor thing and an otherwise great episode. Right. It's not the heart of this episode, which we will we will get to now. Uh, And that is this long awaited rematch between Anakin and Obi-Wan Darth Vader versus Kenobi. They uh, they Kenobi flees to this planet. Vader tracks him there. And I'm going to just read what's in the rundown. They have one of the greatest duels of all time. I said what I said, and that Trent, you wrote that. So why don't you why don't you explain what you mean by that? Uh, I mean this 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 is just like this is by far easily the greatest duel since like Revenge of the Sith, like hands down. Um, like yeah, like um, and I will say what this fight does so well is it understands what Empire Strikes Back did and what. Um, the final fight of Force Awakens did, which is lightsaber fights are always cooler on dark places, like dark planets yes. with low light. Yep. And it's just like the way lightsaber glow hits people when there's no other light source is just it's it's just uh, it's fantastic. Um, no, everything about this, like I love that Obi-Wan starts out apprehensive a little bit, but it's only for like the first 10 seconds. And he's like very quickly back in his own rhythm. And Darth Vader even says like, ah, your strengths are turned. He's like, yeah. Like, this is what I was waiting for. Like, uh-huh. let's go. Uh-huh. And then they really start going for it. Um, Oh, my gosh. Like, the Obi-Wan gets buried by some rocks. Like, <laughs> which I, to me, it was like the, like, I don't know whether it was intentional or not. I found it, like, darkly just hilarious that Darth Vader gets fed up enough that he's like, I'm not even going to fight you. I'm just going to bury you with a bunch of rocks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's um, crazy. Well, he thought he'd, atta- he'd uh, attained high ground power, which, as it turns out, <laughs> he did not. Right. And then, um. We mentioned like the the Star Wars rhyming George Lucas quote. I saw a, a tweet today that was like, "It's really cool that like 
right before he dies in A New Hope, like Obi-Wan looks and sees Luke and Leia reunited and his job's done. And it's cool for this series oh, that like what man. gives him strength to lift the rocks is like picturing Leia and Luke as kids and like that he that they need protection. Um, it's like, ah, it's just dang that hits me hard man that, yeah. that's beautiful and then i mean we got we got the epic moment with uh, like obi-wan cuts open vader's helmet and they do the dope thing where like it's switching between hayden christensen's voice and the darth vader oh my gosh stuff and uh like that that scene almost got me to tears i'm not gonna lie like ewan mcgregor and hayden really? christensen did such a good job with that final scene specifically that I was like, this this scene specifically, this fight separate, like this scene is one of the best scenes in Star Wars history. Like I know that's recency bias. It's only been 24 hours, but I really <laughs> think that's going to stay highly ranked as one of my favorite like dialogue scenes in Star Wars. Yeah, Obi-Wan did the, uh, the the pose at the beginning of the fight. Oh, with, yes. Uh, we did the pose. That. Oh, he did the with pose. The, with the two fingers and said, I will do what I must. And I was like, it's on. <laughs> and the thing I liked about it was it was like a mixture of everything good from lightsaber fights. And what I really liked was the lightsabers felt like they had weight. Like they weren't just kind of twirling the lightsabers. You could see yeah. when they were swinging it, they were like, I'm hitting a home run with this hit. And I think that's what made it feel good. Cause the fight felt powerful. And, not mm-hmm. just from like an yeah. emotional standpoint, but it was like, oh, these guys are strong with the force. And then Obi-Wan does the uh, are you not entertained pose and just starts <laughs> pelting Vader with rocks. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> uh, probably since all three Spider-Mans were swinging around New York. Oh, um, yeah. But as an Obi-Wan Kenobi stand, I was like, this is a new experience for me seeing this. And they, they, they took all kinds of different stuff. Like they had, they had stuff from like the Mustafar fight and they had stuff from the training session. They had specifically that back to back shot Mm -hmm. that they had where they, they spin one way and then spin back the other way. Yeah. And, uh, I was talking to a coworker today that, that had watched a different one than I watched it yesterday though. And I said, you know when Obi-Wan's power, like, mega activated, right? It was when Vader thought he had the high ground. And Obi-Wan was like, oh, you done messed up, Vader. The high (laughs) ground is mine. And then Obi-Wan just, like, picked up the ground and threw it at Vader. And then he made his own high ground when he jumped and cut Vader's face open. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And and looking back on the scene too, when he cuts his face open, Obi Wan backs up a little bit and still has his lightsaber in a defensive stance, because Vader can't keep going. But Obi Wan's like, "Oh, I'm ready." Obi Wan was yeah. ready to keep on rocking and rolling. Also, well, like, then, yeah, go ahead. Bef- be- just real quick, before he cuts off his helmet, I forgot too till just now. He like elbows the control panel first. He's like. I'm gonna oh, wreck yeah. all your circuitry, like, and I like, I was like, dang, Obi Wan, like, just is going for it. He's like, wreck all this up first, then I'm gonna slice your helmet open. Well, yeah, and not even and- that. He he busts open the he busts the breathing chamber. Yeah. Vader tries to swing at him. Obi Wan goes behind him and slashes him in the back. Yeah, oh, it's so good. And then Which I, and I mind. love to also like. I feel like in Star Wars, like we don't see a ton of like 
lightsaber wounds. You know what I mean? Uh, it's either like a severed limb, you know, or you know, or someone someone dies. Obi Wan disappears in Episode Four. We'll, we're still trying to figure that one out. Uh, but the yeah, just seeing like like oh dang like like it didn't kill Vader, but oh my gosh, it got close. Well, I think well, we saw we saw what the dark saber did to to Mando's leg. Oh my gosh! In, yeah, in you're that right. and then when when um, when Count Dooku slashes Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones, so yeah, it, yeah, it, no, you you're right. We have we have seen it a a few times. I um, yeah, it hurts. So, it hurts bad. You know, we were talking about how surprised we were, how just vicious Obi Wan is in this in this duel. He says on the on the transporter ship with Leia, or not? He's not saying it to Leia, but he says right before he takes off, he's he's at he's reaching out to Qui Gon again to see if he'll uh, see if he'll appear, and he's like, "I this has to end. Like whether I die or he dies, this ha- this has to stop now." And I just felt, and like, I feel like that that uh, informs us of why he was so violent in the in the duel of like literally going for Vader's neck, but then by the end, why he's satisfied to leave without vader technically being dead um because we get well we'll, let's move into it now we get some like incredible you talked about it earlier trend like some incredible dialogue i don't know if you guys noticed this i did not but i saw it on social media later but obi-wan shatters vader's mask on the right side so you peer in and you peer in to see anakin's face underneath and it's the opposite side uh, of what Ahsoka shatters and Rebels, the left side. So both Ahsoka and Obi Wan, the only two we know of to shatter his mask, and they did it on like opposing sides. Yeah. And then the the other thing about the shattered mask that that I saw, and I didn't see it when I first watched the episode, is that uh, when when Vader says, "You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did." He smiles. Yes. It's it's so creepy. Hayden Christensen killing the game. But I love that that addresses the like, because that's like, I feel like that's been, if not a fan complaint, it's been a discussion all these years, right? Is it's like Obi-Wan failed him. Obi-Wan messed up. I like that the show sort of makes a canon now. It's like, at the end of the day, this was Anakin's choice. Or if you want to say the Darth Vader is a separate personality, like it was, it was the Darth Vader part of Anakin that took over. Like it was, it was all him. At the end of the, or not all him, but it was his choice at the end of the day. Yep. Um, and I like that the show makes a yeah, that smile is unsettling. Like I'll remember that for years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Also, we have not like I feel like there's not been enough discourse of how good Hayden Christensen is, even though it's limited time. Oh, like yeah. he crushes it in every scene that he you we see him acting in. Yeah, I, I've been seeing some people on the internet being like they wasted casting him because he's only in two scenes, and I'm like, you realize that he it, like I know people were freaking out because when they announced the other two people were playing Darth Vader too, everybody's like he's not in the Vader suit. As far as I know, anytime it's a shot of Vader from the neck up, mm-hmm. it's Hayden in the suit. Really? Okay, interesting. It, it's just like if the action that's a stun double, and then for the the shots of the full body walking, apparently there's a stun double who just looks more like Darth Vader physically. So they use him for like the big wide shots. But if it's anything of like the neck and face, it's it's Hayden in the Darth Vader suit. That's really cool. Yeah, and then you know you you reintroduce Hayden, and you know we may get into rumors of future shows, but the report is that he's going to be in Ahsoka. So 
Oh man! You know they're That's gonna be crazy. Get, all I want, I want a little fireside chat. Luke, Ahsoka, Ghost Anakin. I'm ready for it. Yes. Oh Let's, my gosh! I didn't even think about that. Oh, that would be incredible. Um. Let's talk about let's talk about the way this this episode in the series wraps up. So after this duel, after we get those iconic lines from from Vader to Kenobi, Kenobi goes to Tatooine and he sees that Reva has obviously like he's not she she did not kill Luke, so Luke is safe. We're not going to dwell on you know what happens after, but basically Reva goes her own way. Kenobi kind of gives her a pep talk to be like, you're not lost. It all that matters is what you do from this point forward. And Vader has a conference call with Palpatine from his castle on Mustafar. Love that we got Palpatine in this episode. Oh, yeah. Love it. Absolutely loved it. Even if it was two seconds. I mean, even if, it, even if it's not really him, I'm paranoid now these days. I'm like, did Ian McDermott do anything, or was it just all the deep fakes? I don't know. I feel like it had to be him. It had I don't to know. Be, like, I would have I would have sworn that it was James Earl Jones doing all this dialogue, and they that's said, true. Like, no, it's not. Like none of it's original audio. So, well, because his voice sounds kind of like it did in uh, in nine, and he. He's a quirky little fella. He was talking at Celebration. He was like, oh, yes. who knows if you're going to see me. He's like, you might not see me in person or anything. And then everyone was like, oh, well, he's a hologram then. Right, and right. As it turns out, he was a hologram. He was a hologram. Right. Yeah, was well, I mean, if, if he came back, that's great. He seems like a very like nice guy who's just always down to play this character again. Yeah. So I love that they keep using like any like I know people and I, I'm one of them who didn't like how the Emperor was used in episode nine, but it's like honestly anytime Ian says he wants to do something, like let him do something. Oh yeah, well, see, please. Like well, he's let's all... he's that he's that old school you know Shakespearean theater actor and he's like, no, as the Emperor, I get to be in a bunch of makeup and just ham it up as much as I want. And everybody yeah. loves it. And I'm like yeah, dude, you're right. That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> and he loves it, too. So after this, we then see Kenobi traveling to Alderaan to say a final goodbye to Leia. How did you feel about his parting words to Leia as he talks about Padme and Anakin to her? I thought I thought that was really cool that, like, he he he's able to make peace with the fact that there's still like good parts of Anakin, even if they're all in his mind in the past. That like Leia still Leia and Luke will still get positive traits from Anakin. I thought that was really cool. And then I'm curious what you all think because there's like a vicious debate going on around the internet right now of like does does Leia spending this much time with Obi Wan mm. break Episode Four? But some people think that like one of the key things Obi-Wan says when he says like nobody can know that we know each other, that that's how they sort of like wrote their way around like the episode four fly hole. Like people are saying now that because he said nobody can know we know each other, that like in episode four, Leia like just had to be c- careful with the way she worded her message. Or do you think it, it breaks so, episode four? I don't think so, so. Go ahead, Joseph. So her message goes, um, Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Uh, now he begs you to join him in his fight uh, against the Empire. Basically, Leia wasn't going and asking for help for herself. She was like, yeah. look, Ben, my dad sent me on this. It's big time. Rebellion's happening. Uh, help me out. Go go to Alderaan. Um, it just so happens she's on the Death Star that just was at Alderaan. Because his mission was not to go save Leia. 
Ooh, it was that's true. It was it was to go to that Alderaan. is true. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. Because that's very as true. As, I, as far as I know, he doesn't know how the droids got there. He just sees the message from Leia. And and now that I'm thinking about it, when they get to the Death Star, uh, R two says, uh, or R two looks through the thing and he and he says, uh, "Oh, Princess Leia's here." And Luke's like, "What? She's here?" Because none of them know that Leia's on the Death Star. Yeah, that's so they're true. Death yeah. Star oh just my god. They were yeah. going to Alderaan, so she's she's not asking for his help. Like it, her help me, Obi Wan Kenobi isn't save me, Obi Wan, save me, Obi Wan, because Darth Vader's got me. It's Help me out, because the rebellion is about. You know, we're about to make moves. We just, yeah. we just stole the Death Star plans from Scarif. We gotta destroy this thing. So I don't that's think a, it that's them. an excellent point. That, no, that's that, that that that's perfect. That that's all. I didn't think so either. I just like I've, people have been talking about this really ever since Leia was introduced on the show, and especially after the final episode. So I, I felt like it was worth bringing up. But but I agree. Like it's fine. So yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I I I love that scene just in general. Um, we then go to Tatooine, and there's two things that happen at the end of this episode that like I legitimately made me smile, made me feel like overwhelmed with joy, and that's Obi Wan decides to let Luke live a normal life, a normal childhood, and not train him as a Jedi as he's a child, and Owen decides to let obi-wan meet luke before he parts and he walks up to luke and also just before he gets there like looks so content like so like just the just the visual like facial expression acting that you mcgregor's doing in that scene got got to me personally and then he gets to he gets to luke and he says what hello there hello there this is the line says the line he says it he says hello there and you know prequel memers rejoice around the world the the way i described it yesterday was prequel memers had their thanksgiving feast yesterday <laughs> they, they did were, they were feeding them so much yesterday in that episode it was like all right prequel memers here's this whole episode go crazy make memes out of all of it and yeah i was I was so happy. That was the only time in the episode I I audibly said anything or moved around. I was like, yes, they said it. They gave it to us. It was for us. <laughs> it was for us. I mean, it was, man. It really was for us. Um, it doesn't end there because Obi-Wan packs up on his EOP and, and rides out across the sand dunes. But before he can enter into the canyons, we see... We see a body form in the shape of a and color of a force ghost in the distance. Mm. And then he turns around and it's lo and behold, Qui-Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson returning as Qui-Gon Jinn. And he gives him a little sassy, took you long enough. It was so good. What'd y'all, what'd y'all think of seeing Qui-Gon? Well, Qui-Gon's my boy. He's my favorite Jedi. Oh yeah. Hands down. So any, anytime they bring in Qui-Gon, I'm like, ah, instantly a better product um and and just and Liam. now this one i'm like certain i'm certain this is liam neeson doing new dialogue so i was like ah they actually got Liam. oh yeah that's him that's to like actually act and like say new stuff um so i was like beautiful and and i and i love the and i love that um 
I, I think Joseph, you said this in our other discussion where it's like Cryon's like I, I didn't ever leave you, man. Like you just weren't ready to to see me. Like, but you're you're good now. Like glad you're glad you're realizing like that you can move on a little bit. Um and, and well he's basically just like, cool, now we can actually get to work. Like Right. He's like, like finally, you like, dealt with your feelings for a little bit there, but now the hard stuff begins. I thought that was great. I, yeah, Qui Gon's the best. Yeah, I was about to to do my own Luke Skywalker brush your shoulder off, but I couldn't remember. Did I nail this? You did. You, you did. did. You, nailed, you said yeah. this would be the final scene in the series. So yeah, like, I said that, the two I said of you like, predict. Yeah, I was like the the final scene is going to be qui-gon showing up to obi-wan and being like okay you're ready to start your training now which you know isn't word for word what he said but you know i'll toot my own horn a little bit it's basic nah you should you should Uh, but but yeah i I saw qui-gon popping up and i was like yeah boy my man is here he's talking to obi-wan and then uh i didn't actually see it at first but when i looked on the reddit later my boy's wearing that costume he was wearing in the comic I sent you yesterday, Josh. They, oh, really? They, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So the 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 costume Obi Wan is wearing at the end the uh, the sleeveless robe and the the white tunic straight out of the comics when he is living in the desert fighting Black Crescent and herding banthas, um, you know, trying to help out here and there, doing some stuff. So I love it. Yeah, I it, love that. It was, it, I thought, and I thought it was perfect too of it can end there and stand on its own, or there can be a season two, whichever one I think is okay. Cause if it just ends here, you're like, all right, he's met Qui-Gon completes his training, becomes a force ghost. That was a nice little fan thing. Or then go yeah. into season two and say, we're going to do some force ghost training. Maybe he'll meet up with a Sharad Het who, you know, I just have to send you guys on some research to figure out who he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I would need to do some. Yeah, I could, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe see some guys in the desert uh, that uh, may or n- may not have been uh, Tusken Raider Jedi. So, Ooh. Mm, I'd be um, down. You know, I think I think whichever way they go, I'd be satisfied with as long as the season two, you know, basically keeps up the quality of season one. Don't want to see Darth Vader anymore. Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, they're done. They're they're good. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I want to see Darth Vader again, just not in an Obi-Wan show. So this is a perfect segue. We we can now wrap a bow across episodes four through six. And now the question is do you want the story to continue with a season two or not? Uh, Trent, we can, we can start with you. As of right now in this moment, I'm, I'm thinking, no, I'm like, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's journey's complete. Like it, it's the best that it could be. Um, I, I'm sure any future stuff they did would deepen the mythology, but it's sort of, I don't know. It, I just, I like the idea that just, after this, Obi-Wan was sort of able to just find his Zen and just sort of meditated. Yeah. For like however many years it is till a new hope. Like that I don't know, something just feel feels right about that. I'm not if if some really passionate storytellers want to tell a story that like they really care about and that really separates I think the big thing for me it's what Joseph just said. As long as Darth Vader isn't in season two, I'd be mm. okay. I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing, is I agree. I don't want to see the two of them on screen. I think that would actively cheapen 
the original trilogy if they're on screen together a bunch more times. Yeah. Um. So that that's the main thing I'm worried about. Overall, I don't want it, but that's the main thing. If you do do it, just don't. No more Darth. I think. I think uh, if if they do a season two, this is the one that Obi Wan needs to stay on Tatooine the whole time. No Darth Vader. No Leia. Um, you know, sparingly use Luke, but I think it's got to be uh, mm-hmm. more of a force spiritual journey of him learning to become a force ghost. If he has to go do the stuff that Yoda does fine, but I'd rather him stay on Tatooine from now on. Um, but I think I'm with Trent. I think I'd be cool with it just ending here. Which kind of sucks because I would love to see you and McGregor as Obi Wan again, but I don't know yeah. how it works without it starting to feel like, oh, okay, well, here's another huge adventure Obi Wan had in exile when he was supposed to be hiding. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I sorry, think, go ahead. I think I think it works as one season. I think so too. I I think. I I know what stories I would love to see. I would love to see the spiritual journey that you're talking about, Joseph. I would love to see more. Like like I I would like to see a season that was heavy on Obi-Wan and Anakin flashbacks or or just Obi-Wan flashbacks in general. It could be his time with Satine. It could be like it could be a lot of different stuff. But I don't necessarily <laughs> I don't trust the like leadership at Star Wars and Lucasfilm right now to choose to do that story. So for that reason, I'm saying no, I don't I I just don't like look, there was this was an amazing show and there was still sometimes it felt like barely enough there to make it a six episode season. And so I feel like if we go into this in, into season, if they do a season two and there's like, you know, force ghost training and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone, even though I'd love to see it. I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone. What? I will say what you referenced earlier, Joseph, what I would prefer to see instead is Anakin Skywalker, a six episode limited series event uh, where we get to see Vader doing Vader things across the galaxy intermixed with some Anakin flashbacks that that to me would be what I would sign up for. And you could have Obi-Wan in those flashbacks, too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we could still get Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, but, you know, not as the central figure of the story. I think Vader works better in spurts. I think I think it would be a problem to do a whole show about it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm with you all in my heart. Like, I'm like, I like, but in my mind, I know, like, I'm like, yeah, it'd be like, I think the most compelling thing is like, because I know in like some of the comics, like there's like these recurring threads of like, Palpatine and like him meeting up and like Palpatine continually just trolling him being like I know you're right. still mad at me about Padme and like kind of want to kill me and I think right. that stuff's fascinating of like how Palpatine kept him under his thumb for a few years but I, like the whole point of the original trilogy is that like Vader is the scum of the earth and like he gets redeemed by the end of that trilogy I think if we make Anakin too much of like a human character through his own series that that cheapens a little bit of the journey for for Luke interesting him. So, yeah. so I'm I'm gonna say no. I'm I, 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 that's fair. Honestly, me, that's a fair point. It, but I but I'm like I'd ra- I'd rather keep the magic as it is and just enjoy the little spurts of what we got. 
Yeah, and, and the Anakin series I would want is just an Anakin series, uh, not a. Oh, okay. Oh, you want just Anakin? You want just Anakin? Like, uh, yeah. Like in in between the gaps of the prequels. Yeah, like I would want a, a limited Anakin, uh, Clone Wars adventure. Oh, All right, that I can get more on board with than interesting than Darth okay. Vader. Okay. And then, I, I um, can get on board with that too. I th- I think we will get to see some characters from Kenobi showing up in in uh, in Andor. Uh, I think I think Bale and potentially Bria Organo will show up, and I think Roken is going to show up. Roken, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling Roken's going to show up too, which I'm cool with because I liked him a little bit. He was in the in the show. Yeah, they by they, the end I really liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah, they teased some good stuff with him that I would I would follow a continuing. And and another thing too is um, the skeleton crew show. Oh yeah, I think is about it's set after Return of the Jedi in the in the Mandalorian timeline, but it could be about force sensitive kids being on the ship, <laughs> you know, which is what we saw a little bit of in this stuff. Maybe is, maybe some yeah. of uh, maybe some of the things Ahsoka gets up to is saving some of these force sensitive kids, or maybe this Ooh. is the st- maybe this sets up the story of Fallen Order too. I there's so many possibilities. There's so many. I, I mean, because there was there was rumors like yesterday, I think that the the actor who plays Calcastus in the games signed a contract to like be in some Star Wars show. I couldn't find that verified elsewhere, but there's reports that that they're going to do something with a live action Calcastus. So yeah, and then and then if you get characters jumping over from the games, might get Iden Versio from Battlefront Two jumping into uh, Mandalorian shows a little bit. Mm. That's the see to me from this point on in Star Wars, like I'm really excited for Andor after that trailer. Like it looked fantastic, um, and I think there's like a it seems if they've already got two seasons planned, then I trust there's like there are passionate storytellers behind that who are who have probably done a great job with it. I care most about the the Mandalorian timeline. Like to me, that is the most fertile ground for new stories in Star Wars. Like I, I'm going to be honest, like there's not I know I just said like I would want a Vader series, but I I get a little weary of us traveling back to any other point before Return of the Jedi, honestly, because it feels like we've filled in so many gaps now between the animated series and 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 now with Obi-Wan and we're going to have Andor and then Rogue One and like I'm kind of like let why don't why don't we explore this other time area where probably the best content is coming out of right now anyway and then and then down the road we're going to we're going to expand the lore elsewhere that that's kind of where I'm at High Republic is the best stuff coming out right now Oh I wait 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 you bu- above the Mandalorian High Republic is really good. All right. Oh high Republic's God. like All jumping right, that, up on my high list praise, of things man. to get to now then. That's extremely high, high praise. High Republic is really good. Uh, and, you know, the Mandalorian is good. I want stuff after episode nine. You know, I, I don't like episode nine very much. But so, I do think I. There's a, so do I. I think there's a lot of stuff to play with. And, and I mean, I like the characters. You know, I, I like Ray and Finn got done. Finn and Poe got done kind of dirty in nine. But I mean, I would like to see them again. I wanted Rogue Squadron to be about 
Poe going and flying around doing stuff and give us the Ray and yeah. Finn rebuild, rebuild the Jedi order TV show. Have them go get these four yes. sensitive kids and train them up with I, master. I with don't master understand Baby why Yoda. that's not. Oh, could you imagine? I don't understand why that's not in the works. I truly don't like, it seems like it seems so easy, honestly, but I don't know. I, you know, I think we'll see. I think Eventually, way. I do think that the uh, the the Taika Waititi movie, whenever that comes out, is going to take place in a post episode nine landscape. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll wait for that. He's doing something completely new. He said he wants to do all new characters and everything. He doesn't want yeah. to be boxed in. So yeah, I'm all for it. Which he's I'm the like, guy to do it. Too. You should not box in our boy Taika. So Never I'm glad he's Taika in. Nope. I'm glad he's holding firm on that. I really am. Yeah, so am I. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for our discussion today. I this think has so. Been, I think we got everything we could out of that. I think so, too. This has been a absolute joy to talk about. I feel so, like, content now, you know? I was finally able to talk about this stuff. I, I'm about to go watch the Obi-Wan Vader duel again, like, <laughs> after we finish. Like, it's rehyped me up for that duel. Oh, you better. Oh, just, you better. Just wait. Just wait till I send you guys the video of it done with the prequel music. Mm. Oh yes! Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I need to. I need to see that. Anyways, thank you all for listening. This has been a pleasure to go on this journey with you, Trent, and you, Joseph. Thank you guys for joining. As always, we, we really, really appreciate your expertise. And we'll be back. We'll be back soon with that. We, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on the feed. Miss Marvel is halfway through its run. I'm really loving Miss Marvel. Yeah, a it's lot. a lot of fun. And I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I think eventually we might get to some Stranger Things. I'm still catching up on Stranger Things. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm three episodes in. Okay. So, so okay. I'm, tr- I'm trying to catch up before that final episode drops on July 1st. So. I literally started started it last night, so it's going to be it's going to be a race to the finish line for me. So you got lots you got you got more to listen to on the feed, so just be on the lookout for more content. As always, thank you for listening and we will be back. <laughs>